Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and today I'm delighted to say I'm in one of my old haunts. I haven't been here in several years, but I'm down on Bean Creek in what county is this? Texas County, Missouri. Yep, Texas. <laughs> and I'm with Lucas Aidy. He's a longtime friend, and I actually started out hunting with his dad many moons ago. I used to come down in Texas County here and hunt with uh, Andy Ramsey and yes. Randy Aidy. Andy's gone, been gone for a number of years, but, boy, we had some fine turkey hunts down this part of the world. I can actually remember Lucas one time bringing four or five kids down here to hunt with those guys. Yep. And... Uh, all of them but one killed a turkey. And the last little boy, little bitty, seven or eight-year-old guy, and uh, he'd shot one but didn't get it. He was sitting between my legs, and I'd call up little Jake, and he had a little hammer gun, 20-gauge, you know. Yep. And uh, yep. he shot that bird about 15 yards, just rolled it. It got up and took off running, and he's running hard as he could go, but just couldn't catch <laughs> it. Well, he come back, tears just running down his cheek. You've seen that before. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he was so sad and up upset i said well austin where did you shoot that turkey he said well uncle bill i shot him right where you shoot a deer right in the shoulder uh, yeah <laughs> i said you got your lessons mixed up buddy. Yep. <laughs> yep. head and neck next time but i've oh, seen boy. that happen numerous times i'm sure you I've, have i've even pulled that stunt <laughs> a few times myself <laughs> but it does make for great stories and great memories but here we are together once again and i want to say that uh, bean creek gang calls is of course one of the spots to the Living Dream Outdoor Podcast, and we deeply appreciate that. And, uh, hey, I'll repeat this brag again. They absolutely make the best, hands-down, grunt call you'll ever find. I love it, that cedar smell that you guys have. And, you know, I'm not as windy as I used to be, believe that or not, Lucas, <laughs> but, but it just doesn't take much breath at all no, to get a grunt out of that call. It's, yep. They're it, really, really, really easy to make work. And sound, if you've ever heard a buck grunting when every time his feet hit the ground, uh-huh. he's grunting behind the doe coming through the timber, it will absolutely mimic that. It, it to will. A T. It will to a T. And I never did think I was very good on any kind of a call, but I consider myself a little bit of an expert on that one. <laughs> it, in fact, people have heard me use them enough on the, on the shows that I can't keep them. You know, I yep. come through your part of while, the world once in a while, and I always stop at the shell station. And if they've got calls hanging there, I usually try to put one or two in my pocket. But. The only one I had left last week, I was at a special hunt uh, uh, down in Arcadia, Missouri, at a Baptist nursing home. We've got a hunting program going on there, and uh, actually uh, got a little buck interested. He come almost close enough for my elderly person to shoot, but it was a little far, you know, but it was pretty intriguing to watch him uh, 
he wasn't super interested, but hey, it sure was yeah. convincing. He he thought there's another deer over in the brush, and he he left it old and came quite a ways, but uh, unfortunately, just a little bit too far to shoot. But just for fun's sake, this morning, Lucas, we went out in the woods on some of your family farms and. You know, it was just a rush of memories that came over me this morning because some of the stuff looked familiar. You boys are yep. kind of scattered out around Texas County here, yep. and I can remember your your dad taking me to so many places. But to you, that was a kind of a special place we went to this morning. Oh, yeah. That's that where we was at this morning. I think my grandpa bought that when I was around 10 years old, so it's been about 30 years ago or a little over and so i've been hunting it for that many years you know and besides me and you and dad now my kids have killed deer there my daughter killed her first deer in that bottom you know yeah and i recognize some of that from your videos you know you guys do an awesome job of putting the videos and I, I, i i gotta tell you you know i think you're a great guy and all but Boy, I love seeing those kids out oh. out there in the blinds and and sleeping and shooting deer and turkey and having a just a wonderful, wonderful time. Well, you know, we kind of changed our plans here. You and I had originally talked about uh, uh, going on a turkey hunt, and I guess we both had slipped our mind that actually today and while we're recording, uh, this is a day of a a new season we have an antlerless early antlerless season here in missouri last friday saturday and sunday and so uh, we finally uh, i guess come up on the realization that it's deer season we can go deer hunting so we opted out of the turkey hunt to go go deer hunting and uh, what's the first thing that happened this morning (laughs) <laughs> first thing that happened was we flushed a bunch of turkeys walked right up under them <laughs> yep, we sure did. Uh, and so there we are with high-powered rifles in our hands and you know it's not legal to shoot turkeys with a high-powered rifle in in missouri besides that i hadn't even bought my turkey tag yet i was i was really out of luck well i'd bought my turkey tag this morning but we had uh, decided to deer hunt and Boy, we got to hear them though. Oh, you know, we that did. Was Wasn't that the thing? Yeah, at, well, we got them split up pretty good. If we if we oh, would have been turkey hunting, we would have killed business. some birds. Yep. Yeah, because they flew in all directions and uh, oh, all four points of the compass, I think. And uh, some of them flew across the big field we were sitting on and up on the next ridge. And it was just a few minutes. And of course, I was sitting there kind of giggling and just listening for that music to start there's nothing sweeter than a bunch of turkeys trying to get back together yep. and particularly those young ones and uh, i've all oh, got so many fond memories of fall turkey hunting and i got to where i didn't even carry a call you could just whistle like you're whistling for your dog and get those young ones to come yep. back yep. and we were hearing that music this yes. morning sound yep. like some lonesome turkeys out yes, there yes they would they did <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I uh, certainly enjoyed the morning. We sat there and watched the sunrise. We kept checking the fields, hoping we'd get a deer to step out. We didn't quite look out there. We might have talked a little too much. I well, don't know, that, that's very true. We probably did talk too much. Well, it's just too hard to resist. We don't get together very often, you know. And you know what? Those deer are still going to be there. Yes, they will. Hopefully the kids will. Get yeah. Back with one this evening after they get out of school. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure that you uh, – that. Uh, you let Trapper hear this uh, podcast because I understand that he was a little worried about me going to his favorite uh, spot. Well, I'm going to tell Trapper, hey, 
uh, we moved around a little bit, and I did go to your favorite spot, and I, I killed I killed a, a deer, and then I went back and got my turkey license, went back and killed two turkeys. So, buddy, I put your X marks the spot, trapper's hunting spot, my favorite new place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think he'll buy that? <laughs> well, no, he won't. He, he will for a minute, maybe. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good time for a minute. <laughs> yeah, the trapper's one tied the fishing jig for me. Is that no, right? No, Conway's that, the one. Conway's the one. He's the oldest. Oh, he's the he's one. oldest, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, we've got to tell Conway, too. He tied me a trap fishing Jig, he had actually won a hundred dollar gift card to Academy over the show, and uh, met him in Rolla at Academy, I think, to yep. get, give him yep. that that card, and he gave me a, a trout fishing jig that he had tied, and hey, I, I just can't bring myself to fish it because I'm afraid I'll lose it. <laughs> but in the house, we've got one of those little breakfast nooks, kind of a U-shaped one that sits there, a little bitty table, and I can look out back. Uh, see the woods and all that kind of stuff and i sit there and drink coffee every morning and of course you know what shelves are for you put a lot of stuff on them so i got odds and ends laying there right shelf and and conway's jiggy time is still laying there i see it every morning so i think about him almost every day well right after you gave him that gift card we went in there and he bought him a vice tie fly fly tying vice and stuff that's awesome and he got into it pretty good well that's that's great that was good hundred dollar investment besides i I didn't have to provide the hundred dollars anyway so (laughs) (laughs) i was happy to give give it away to him you know but down here in texas county texas county of course largest county in the state of missouri and for many many years was the leading county when it comes to deer and turkeys both yep still pretty good place to hunt it? it is we're still i think usually around i know in the top five of turkeys or deer and uh i'm most of the time in the top three yeah absolutely and it's uh it's just a wonderful wonderful area you get in you you've got some high plateau uh land here i guess part of the salem plateau but uh man it's uh, it's rough country some of it is rough country but then you get up towards town around licking houston or even if you head towards somersville you get into some prairie type you know a lot of cattle graze pasture you know hay ground and stuff but you get down around the creeks and different things and there's a lot of rough country too there is some beautiful hills and hollows and we're sitting here now looking across quite an expanse and of course this is an oak hickory forest and the colors are starting in a a a little bit but A couple of weeks, it's going to look pretty good, I hope. Yes, it I, is. I was down along Current River a couple of days ago, and good bit of color down there. But great things happening. I know you and I both, you know, we spent our life in the outdoors, and when you get up into September and October, things really begin to happen for yes, us. Yes, they do. You know, you got the bow season that comes on, gigging season is in, and uh, bow season started September the 15th, and it's just hard uh, it becomes difficult for me to decide what I want to do next. That's you know. for sure, and you just reminded me about gigging season. I'm going to have to get on some buddies. I haven't been on a gigging trip yet. Oh, well, you're slacking, man. You know, I don't have a boat, but I've got some buddies. <laughs> got friends that, got that do this. Hey, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I usually make one gigging trip a year in our Baptist Association. We have a big wild game dinner every year, and last year Alex Rutledge spoke for us, and we had – little over 300 people there yeah. and uh 
we ran out of fish, didn't have quite enough deer meat, and kind of had to stretch things a little bit. But we vowed this year we're going to make two gigging trips. We usually go on the Merrimack, got a good spot to put in, and it's far enough up the Merrimack that uh, by that time of year, usually other jet boats can't get that far up. So it's kind of like gigging fish in a barrel, you know. Yep. But uh, I've been getting them in that spot for four or five years, and I told them last year, I said, you know what, we've been doing this for four or five years. We haven't eaten a fish yet. I, we're going to change that this year. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's the whole reason. Uh, oh, yeah, but we was trying to save them. We'd go on like a Thursday night, and then the uh, dinner would be on Friday or Saturday night, so we never froze those suckers. And you know yourself, they're much yes. better fresh than yes. after being frozen. So Right there on the riverbank. Right that's there where on you're the supposed bank. to do it. Exactly, <laughs> right out of the water into yep. the frying pan, you know. Yep. And anyway, uh, we cooked, we had about 20 guys, so we ate a few fish. And one old guy in the group, he kind of grumbled at us a little bit, especially when we ran out at the game. <laughs> yeah. So he came to us the first meeting we had about that a month or so ago. He brought that up. He said, you know, we didn't have quite enough fish last year. I said, well, I got I, I can resolve that problem. He said, how's that? I said, we're going to go twice. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> go gigging twice. You yep. know, We may have to freeze that first batch, but we will have enough for for the the game dinner for sure this year but you know i talk about bean creek game calls and i promote them everywhere i go one of my fine sponsors so they are plugged on every podcast but you guys got the deer calls and the turkey calls yet you haven't invented a fish call yet have you no we haven't you're gonna have to work no. on that yep gonna have to work on it gonna have to get conway on that he's uh, a fisherman he's a fisherman yeah. oh, okay we'll call him he, the fish whisperer then he He's made some baits, but he hasn't got a call out yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what great fun, man, down here in Texas County, Missouri, with Lucas 80, and uh, we're talking, uh, hey, Be- Bean Creek Game Calls. We're going to take just a short break here, but don't go away. we got some really good stuff coming up in the second half. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Drury Outdoors, and you're listening to Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast with Phil Cooper and Hunter Heineman. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on the beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1 800 367 4516. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz, original team member of Drury Outdoors and cast member of DeerCast. And going over some deer tips, and my tip for uh, this section is this. We're getting into late September, early October, 
and it is time to switch your MRI to scrapes for whitetails. And I can't stress enough how important that is. Scrapes is the all-time, in my opinion, best way to get pictures of your mature bucks on your farm. I have my own theory about that. Uh, I'm no biologist, but through the years, what I have noticed is when I put buck smells in a scrape, which is particular buck urine, uh, bucks, you know, any kind of buck smell. I use buck bomb, of course. Uh, but if you put a buck smell in a scrape, the biggest, most mature bucks in that area are going to want to cross urinate over that scrape, which is, and the reason why I feel, I feel that they, that they want to outduel the other buck by cross urinating. Dogs do it. Many animals do it. Now, this biologically might not be true, but this is my theory because when I hang a, a, a camera on a scrape, freshen it up, or make a scrape myself, I make a lot of mock scrapes, and the, and the bucks will take it over, I always put fresh deer, buck urine in that scrape, buck smell, and typically within a day or two, within the first few days, my biggest bucks will come to that scrape. They may, not, may never come to it again throughout that early uh, October period, but they'll come once and they'll cross urinate on it. You only need one picture of that deer to know he's there and, 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 and put, set yourself up to be able to take that deer. And the reason why I say that is he's not far from that scrape. That deer is staying right there. So switch your cameras to scrapes. Switch them all from feed or mineral licks or whatever is legal for where you have your cameras, trail trail crossings, feed areas out on uh, corners of uh, uh, destination feed fields. Wherever you got your cameras, move them to scrapes now. Get your all your cameras moved. Um, and one another little trick I learned from from Don Higgins is I'll take a piece of a big piece of rope, about three foot piece of rope. I use a, a zip tie or a little piece of string. I'll hang that rope over the scrape and put your your scent in that in, on the end of that rope, and that becomes like a, a fake licking branch farm. And they'll take it over. They'll they'll lick on that rope and work that scrape, and you'll get all your mature bucks on your farm on those scrapes if you get your camera switched now. <laughs> Hi, folks. It's Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation with a little habitat hint here. Uh, no surprise, uh, we are in the middle of a pretty severe drought across most of mid-Missouri. Uh, would encourage folks to take a look at diversifying their grazing systems. Uh, right now, the department, NRCS, and other partners do have cost share available for the establishment of native form season grasses for grazing and hay purposes. What a great program. What a wonderful way of diversifying your grazing system and actually having a drought tolerant productive grass in the months of June, July, and August. If you're looking for more information, would encourage you to go to the Missouri Department of Conservation's website at mdc.mo.gov. And in the upper right-hand corner is 
contacts. Go to your county and find your private land conservationist for your county uh, to set up a meeting to look at ways that you can improve your property, not only for wildlife, but also forage production for your cattle. Hey, everybody, this is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Check out my buddy's podcast show, Living the Dream Outdoors with Bill Cooper and Hunter Heineman. You're really going to enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper. My guest today is Lucas Haiti with Bean Creek Game Calls out of Texas County, Missouri. And Lucas, you know, I, I, what year were you born? 81. 81. Well, I, I don't remember you when I was hunting with your your dad. And I know I hunted through the 80s, 90s, so you had to have been around. Just wasn't causing enough trouble yet to be noticed, I That's guess. That's probably, yeah. That's probably about I didn't. Right. I didn't start causing too much trouble till the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did, when did your dad start being creep game calls? Well, actually... It was later on, well, we had helped the late, great Ike Ashby. Yes. When I was a kid, uh, I can remember going to outdoor shows and stuff like that with Dad. Um, and I don't know why or how, I guess, just being a kid and being able to practice all the time, I could really run a mouth call uh-huh. at a young age and so we would go to them shows with ike and i didn't go to every one of them but i went to as many as i dad would let me <laughs> and uh, we got to helping him and then we helped later on hawkins game calls yeah uh, remember those we guys, we, guys in fact out. we all turkey hunted together once down here yep and uh after that i don't know when we started this venture really uh after we done with got done with hawkins we didn't do anything at all for several years uh you didn't give up during turkey hunting though oh lord no we used paul <laughs> butsky calls for a while and uh just whoever and then it was probably about 2010 or 11 i think something right really? right around then huh. we uh I got the idea, got to researching, and I'd made calls on one of those little mad call presses. Right, I remember those. You know, I had one. Uh, when, and I'd been doing that for a little while, and it was actually Andy Ramsey's. I've still got it, that mad call press. And uh, then I got to finding supplies, you know, tape and latex and frames and everything, and Got talking to Dad about it, and we bought some call presses and bought some equipment and stuff, and wow. we just started out. I, the first year back in 2009 or 10, I think I may have built 200 mouth calls, and now I build about 2,500. Wow. You know, I mean, it ain't a ton, but. Well, it's We're quite growing. a lot. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely. But I, I've watched your videos and watched your Facebook posts, things you've put up, and 
I can remember quite quite often seeing you sitting at a table or something, and just be a pile of mouth calls there, and I'm thinking, man, how long does that take? And I made a few in my lifetime, but I was slow enough at it and wasn't very good at it. So I, I I looked at that pile of mouth calls and. I just wonder, I ponder how many hours and hours of labor went into those things. But I can tell it's a labor of love. Yes, that is the thing. I mean, I absolutely live and breathe <laughs> sounding like a turkey, you know, and I, I have since I was about 10 or 12 years old, you know. <laughs> well, I got to say, you guys do a tremendous job of it. And talk about Randy, 80, uh, again, who's gone, right? Andy Ramsey. Andy. Andy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dad's Andy. gone. He's at the prison working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not out here with us. No, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll let us. He'll let us hear about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Andy Ramsey, who's been gone for what twenty years, maybe. Um. No, it ain't been that long. Not quite that long. <clears throat> I think it was oh seven or oh eight. He passed. Yeah. Uh, but that guy used to fascinate me i'd sit and listen to him call with a mouth call and i never thought he was sounded that good on a mouth call but every time i was ever with him what happened you'd kill a turkey you'd kill a turkey the turkeys yes. came he had such an unusual call and uh, methods have you ever i'm trying to think of the guy's name he's been in he's been in the call business for years and he uses nothing but prof in his mouth calls. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Matt Van Syce used his some of his calls, and they used their throat mm-hmm. to call with. They, instead of, like, the tongue pressure and air, right. they used their throat, and that's the way Andy did. And that's now that why ma- he sounded different. Now that different. makes sense to me That's now. why he sounded different. Right. And them guys, the guy i'm speaking of that makes him calls he does the same thing he they use their throat some when they're running that mouth call more than they use their tongue pressure i've never heard that theory before well i can mimic i've said you wouldn't believe the hours i've sat around with mouth call knowing you i probably would (laughs) I i can mimic that throat throaty sound and how they done that Uh, because it it just like you're talking about his style was different well i had to figure out how he was making that sound right right. and that's what and i just said well i'm glad you explained that because i always wondered about him and uh what what he was doing because when I first started hunting with him, I wasn't impressed by the calling at all, but I was super impressed by the results. Yep. And I, I tried to figure out, how is well, he doing that, or why is he doing that? Well, Bill, and also, there's a lot more woodsmanship involved in turkey hunting. Than, Absolutely. Than sounding the greatest in the woods. Well, if that wasn't true, I'd never kill a turkey because I've never <laughs> been very, very good on a turkey call. But uh, my philosophy is, and my luck as it's gone over the years, fortunately, there's a lot of dumb turkeys out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I work on those guys, you yep. know. But uh, what fun, and to have had the history with you guys that I have, you know, it's been 30 or 40 years now, and I've been able to watch you guys and just become you know learn to respect you guys so much for 
the woodsmanship, for the craftsmanship, for the ability, for the dedication to get out there and to hunt the way you do, and then to have, you know, to get up and go to start a call company when there are already umpteen call companies out there. But everybody that's in the call business, you know, they make the claim that there's this or there's that that distinguishes this from everybody else. But you guys first started the company, was it just strictly turkey calls? Yes, uh, yeah, when we very first started, all we'd done was turkey calls, and I'm not a, we're not gimmicky type people. Exactly, we make, stuff that works. We make quality calls, we're not selling you a gimmick, this works, if you use it, like we tell you, and it's going to work. It's going to hold up. absolutely and i've killed well since i hooked up you guys i've called in most of my turkeys with the bean creek uh game calls and i've you know been in the outdoor communications business i have uh i've had lots of companies over the years send me calls and stuff yeah i'll I'll use them just to spin off the article material and stuff but you know what i always go back to good old bean creek game calls and not just because they work for me because i do have a connection with you guys i know yep. you know all of you guys personally i know what you are know how you think and uh, i just love what you do that's why i'm back down here today you know just it's been a while since i've been here and i think about you guys ever ever so often and certainly think about you every time i pick up on those calls and so just recently yeah i've had that had that uh I grunt call out again, just play with it, and my, my dogs howl at it, and my wife frowns at me, and I just keep on, <laughs> keep on keeping on, you know. But uh, regardless of how easy they are to blow, you still got to spend a little bit of time. And I'll even, you know, watch the videos and, and stuff and uh, make sure I'm trying to get the cadence and all that good stuff uh, correctly. But I, I have... One of the most important things about any call is having confidence in that. Yes, that call. Yep, that That's, goes a long way. Yes, it, it does. And, for certain. Yeah, and you yep. guys have—I'm uh, sure. Oh, how many thousands of calls do you think you've run through in your lifetime? Oh my, there's no telling. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I gotta see if you're like Ray. I, if you're Ray, walking around now, you on may these find ridges, them. <laughs> you're probably able to find some turkey calls laying around. Uh, I'll keep my open for those strikers. We were talking yep. about that earlier. Yep. I'm famous for yep. losing those strikers, you know. And yep. uh, but uh, I just did check see if you're like Ray. I, I was hunting with him one time. He's got a big old boy, but he's got a small palate, I guess. He always made his own turkey calls on a small frame and just so particular. I was up in North Missouri with him one time. We we're trying to film a TV show and I, I heard Ray spitting. I thought, was he gagging or what? And I got checking. He, he had about three or four dozen calls in his shirt pocket. He'd put one in his mouth. He'd yelp with it. <laughs> he'd spit it out. Didn't sound exactly perfect. Well, he got up and left. I went over and picked up all the calls. I took them off, washed them off, and used them. Because yeah. I was never going to hit those super fine notes yeah. anyway, you know, and kill yeah. lots of turkeys with them. So it's, it, yeah. Yeah. It's not. Uh, I've definitely been there and just yeah. tossed them, <laughs> tossed I, them I, I out. I bet you have. For I, sure. I bet you have too. But in, in the line of calls, I know you started out with the turkey calls. And when you first started, how many different offerings? call styles oh, did you my. have you when think? we very first started i had i don't know about a half a dozen different mouth calls you know and a couple different friction calls and a box call and now i think i'm up to about 
18, 16, wow. 18. I couldn't even tell you exactly how many I do well, make different well, ones. Well, uh, I've got them there at the house <laughs> in drawers ready to order. And when they get low, I know how to build them. Yeah, <laughs> but I couldn't tell. It's 16 or 18, including straight goodness. single reads and oh, straight yeah. double reads. Yeah. And, well, it wouldn't you know. even be fair to ask the question, what is your favorite call? Because I'd be the only one everybody did even buy anymore. But... I know you. When you go to the woods, you carry more than one type of call. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But you guys have some interesting name for your calls. Run through some of the names that you've tagged on your mouth calls. Well, you was asking about one. my favorite one. One of my favorite ones, for sure, is Corn Pile. Yeah. You know, it's yellow, got yellow tape, <laughs> three-read call, and, man... I've called up a lot of turkeys with oh, that thing, and oh. it will it will do everything. I can I can run through anything from a key key run like a lost young poult to old hen really cutting and cutting and carrying on. Yep, <laughs> yep, it will do it all. Well, and then we got a one that's called Showstopper. It's a triple reed bat wing style, and uh, then. We've got the Bahama Mama. That's Dad's favorite. It's a little three-read combo cut. That's call. not the pink one, is it? <laughs> no, that's the pink lady, the pink one. Yeah. It's still, that's one of the first ones I ever, that was one that was in our first line, first of I still original use those six. I like oh, they're call. good calls. They are. I and get teased a lot. That is one of our top sellers still. I, I, well, I'm sure not the only guy that I, likes No, pink. I'm sure <laughs> that, that it, if it ain't the top seller, it's in the top two or three calls that we sell. Well, I'll be darned. And the reason it is is because it makes good sound, and it's very easy to make make it make good sound. Exactly, and that's one of the things I like because sometimes uh, I've had trouble over the years with, the, I don't know if it's a thicker latex or what, but uh, just a little bit harder to blow. You know, and sometimes, hey, it's pretty important that turkey's getting down close and you need a real soft kind of subtle sound. You can do yep. it on that pink lady. Yes. And I was always yep. uh, able to do that on that call better than any other call I've ever yep. placed in my mouth. But, yep. hey, great success you guys have had over the decades. And, again, you know, your your attitudes, uh, man, just the whole picture that you present to the public, I think is darn near perfect. And you've gotten even better in the last few years. If your kids have started growing up and you started making all these videos, and I encourage people to watch a good family fun with the kids in the outdoors. And where can people go to to watch those videos? With uh, us? We have a YouTube channel. It's Bean Creek Game Calls is the YouTube channel, and uh, I don't know. Last time I looked, I think we have about 60 or 70 videos on there. Wow. You know, and it's just over the years. You can sure. you can follow my oldest boy from the time he was six and <laughs> killed his first buck all the way up till last year, Thanksgiving weekend, the late youth season. He killed a nice buck, and he's 13, so, yeah. you know. So if you want to get your kids started, hey, get them on those YouTube videos. Let them watch the other kids see how they did it. I'm telling you, these these youngsters will be quite an inspiration to you. Well, before we go ahead, and I'll tell you one more thing: if you want any, if you want to get your kids started, and you ever have any questions or anything, if you get on Facebook and message being the look up Bean Creek Game Calls on Facebook and message 
you can send me any message and I'll answer you and help you all I can. There you right go. There. Doesn't get any better than that. And uh, I encourage you to, hey, look these uh, programs up because you'll sure get a kick out of them. But I'd be amiss to close this program out without talking about that grunt call a little bit. How long have you been making those calls? Um, About eight years now. About eight it was years. about two years into our business starting. We started making those grunt calls. Well, I'm learning one lesson about those grunt calls. If I'm going to a deer hunt camp, don't pull it out of my pouch <laughs> in front of everybody else. Yep. It, if they don't steal them, they beg and borrow, you know. Well, I had them. I had, I think it was about three years ago or four. It was the last time they had the Ark of Those Ark show in Springfield mm-hmm. up there. And I only had about six or eight of them with me at that show because it's in the springtime everybody's turkey you know (laughs) well a guy bought one of them and i had showed him you know grunted with it and everything and a guy bought one of them and i got thinking and boy one of his buddies come and bought another one just in just a minute Mm -hmm. well then another guy was talking to me and kind of inquiring about them there a little bit and i didn't have them in the packaging I just had them laying there on the table, and I told him, I said, I'm so sure you'll buy that. You just pick it up and grunt on it and use it, and you'll buy it. And he said, you really? You want me to blow? I said, yep, just pick it up. I'm so confident that you'll buy that thing. <laughs> and I'd done that to three different guys. You're kidding. real psychology there, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's just a fact. I've, I've had a lot of different brands of calls over the decades. And, it, you know, you've seen them just made out of that crinkly, hard plastic, just super you know, super cheap, and yep. but nothing like these calls. The thing is, these things are, are most. The only plastic part on them is the reed. Exactly. And, and they're just so beautiful, fit in the hands so well. And, man, once you blow it, you, that's that's it. You're done. Yep. You're going to have to have one. But nope. seriously, man, I'm going to start hiding mine. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired of losing them. I'm without one now, you know, because I was at the camp last week for the elderly. And, uh, uh, man, at the Baptist home, quite a great deer hunter. Planted food plots for us this year and everything. And I was messing with it, and he's eyeballing me. And lo and behold, he got to me. I had to cough it up <laughs> and give it to him. But great, great, great calls, man. Well, Lucas, man, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to get out in the woods with you again, spend the morning together, and a beautiful morning it is. And, uh, folks, uh, man, I just encourage you, go online. And if people want to order these calls, tell us how to do it. www.beancreekgamecalls.com. That's easy enough. Yes, it's easy to get on there and you should find anything that we, everything we sell is on there. All right. Be sure and spend lots of money. Well, folks, from and myself. We're, we're going to have to do this more often. Absolutely. Out in the woods. Time, get out in the woods. Yeah, time just gets away from us. We get That's so busy. Sure. you got kids playing baseball yep. and all sorts of things like that. And, hey, let's put in a plug for your son. He went to Texas last year. Yes, back this summer. This, back in, this summer, back in July. he got selected to go to play in a national championship. Yep. And what happened? They won it. That is incredible. They sure did. I, they sure did. It was. And that was which son? Trapper. Trapper. Will his head fit in this? No. Truck. The week after he, it was the week after he won. 
his head wouldn't have fit in his truck. It's starting to, it's <laughs> come, starting down, a little to come bit. down some now. Well, that's just awesome. Congratulations to him and his team. And what better life can you imagine for your children winning national baseball championships and hunting deer and turkey? Yes. You're blessed. Yep. I am very very, very blessed. Well, folks, from Lucas Aidy and myself, Bill Cooper, we, I hope you figured out, are living our outdoor dreams. We encourage you to get into the outdoors and do the same. I'm Bill Cooper. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest bow fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Bow Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Bow Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Bow Fishing at 573 573- Two six three eight zero one six. Again, that's five seven three two six three eight zero one six. Be sure and shoot straight. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy. Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On The Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.